0: Hello and welcome to D2C Podcast, I'm Eric Dick. Today we're running into the wild with BattleBox's John Roman. John joined BattleBox, a monthly subscription for hand-picked outdoor gear shortly after they'd struck product market fit gold and has helped propel them to high eight-figure revenues with an absolutely scorching subscription LTV that approaches $1,000 per customer. You'll hear all about BattleBox's golden goose content strategy and how a single YouTube creator who started as a superfan has gone on to become one of the most important BattleBoxers on the team, generating 500,000 YouTube subscribers and almost 200 million million video views to date and oh yeah also ultimately led to a lucrative Netflix production that reads basically like a battle box commercial you'll learn what it's like to hitch a ride on the Netflix rocket and what their most important metric is completion rate and how it will determine your Netflix fate I hope you enjoy it on with the show
1: All these Facebook ads are ready to go. Friday, six o'clock, and we all get a notification that an ad has been declined. And another one, another one, another one. And we jump in and look at it. Our Facebook ad account has been canceled, done, dead. You are booted. You are not allowed to advertise ever again. You're gone. At the time, we have Battlebox forum, a Reddit-style bulletin board. So we post in there, hey, anybody have any ideas? The craziest thing, one of our customers works a couple cube rows over from the manual team that did it. He's like, you will just go over there and ask them. Like, okay. And like within a couple hours, we were back
0: up and running. Do you ever listen to the D2C podcast and think, oh man, I wish I could just hang out with these people in Las Vegas for two days? Well, good news, d c listeners, because you can see sweet Las Vegas mastermind is happening March 23rd, 24th. Las Vegas. We're about halfway sold out at the time of this recording with some of just the most interesting brands. We're going to put about 100 brands in a room. We're going to be programming some amazing content with some amazing speakers. We've got all these different interactive networking and relationship building type events. We're even booking a hot LA comedian to come in and do an hour, and they'll probably roast me. You don't want to miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to hang out with the D2C crew, the Pilot House crew bunch of our favorite speakers, and all the mentors that we programmed for you. You don't want to miss it. Go to -to directtoconsumer.co slash events and lock in your ticket while they're still available. John, welcome to the D2C podcast. Start by telling me the story of BattleBox and how you came to be involved with it. Sure.
1: Eric, super excited to be here. So
0: the BattleBox story, so
1: it starts in December 2014. So I have a Christmas party every year, Um, you know, as you get older, you have all these different... Circle of friends that you've accumulated through the years and the purpose of the Christmas party is all of these friends through the years Everybody's invited and it's it's a great time One of the guys came his name was Daniel previous business partner just chatting with him on the back porch him and another gentleman had a they were entrepreneurs. They had a design screen print business that so they had two locations both outside universities um so the school fraternities sororities social groups intramural sports teams would go to them for shirts logos caps hoodies etc um december is like historically dead during that time right everybody's left left school uh so we were just chatting and he's an idea guy chatting through some ideas um, things he wanted to do. He, he didn't want to do what he was currently doing forever. It was a good conversation. Um, ended it, and I I was doing this a lot of the time, I still do this, is when I have a conversation like that, I, I typically give a couple of pieces of homework. I don't call it homework, it doesn't feel like it's homework, but I'm really putting the ball in someone else's court to see how they react and how they behave. It's almost like a, a first date, right? You want to really fill that person out. Gave him some homework. Um, didn't Ever hear back from him on that. Maybe that was a a sign of later times. But moving forward, um we had that conversation. It was a great conversation. Two months later, I'm talking to another individual, his business partner in the in the current business, um, and catching up with him, and hey, what's what's going on? What's new? And he's like, uh, Daniel came up with this idea uh, called Battlebox. It's going to be a monthly subscription of outdoor gear, camping, survivalists, outdoorsmen, adventure, etc. cetera. And I said, wow, that sounds really cool um, for a multitude of reasons. So my background and job at the time is building B2B sales teams. So I know subscription very well and I know how great it is for forecasting and valuations and check so many boxes. So I'm instantly intrigued and I had had that conversation with Daniel two months prior and him saying, hey, I would like to do something with you. So I as soon as I get done with that conversation, I put the phone, called Daniel, said, hey, I want to be a part of this. Um, we, in the next week and a half, two weeks, came to an agreement um, where I was buying a, a, some equity, a piece of the company, and in turn, um, offering some limited advisement role, maybe five hours a month, nothing of, of, uh, you know, large scale. And I was completely, um, and it was in this one pager that we signed when the deal was done, where I was very transparent that I wanted to kind of roadmap what this was and what our go-to market strategy was going to be so that we could try to replicate it and stamp it out with other brands. And in turn, he would be receiving equity in those. Uh, the same equity that he was selling me in in Battlebox, and that's how we agreed to a lower valuation. Then. Was
0: it pre sales at that point, or had there been some sales?
1: There had been some sales. Um, it was uh, it was you know when the when the ink dried from that, it was maybe two and a half weeks past launch, and there was there was already a considerable amount of sales. There was already forty something thousand dollars in sales, which is for a p- startup that isn't funded. That's just Making some Facebook ads. That's that's actually pretty good. So yeah. So we were off to the races, and we we saw some instant success. That first month we had about two hundred um, subscribers, and uh, which is a great start. Uh, but month two, uh, that March we had a thousand new, and then that April we had twelve hundred new, and it just kept 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 going. So my five hours of some time a month quickly turned into, you know, 10, and then 15, then 20, then, you know, then it was 10 a week, and it just kept, kept building, and we continued to see growth, uh, so Daniel and Patrick, um, who were two of the four of us, they had, from the jump, they were basically in it full time, um, they instantly identified, hey, this in, you know, in a, in a month is already, potentially producing more than we can make in the other business. So they still had that business for a, a moment, but the focus was on BattleBox. Um, we had another partner who was involved as well. And uh, so we kept going. In 2016, early 2016, April, in January, I had made a switch to a, a startup company. Um, I left a, a, a larger company for this startup. And uh, it wasn't going as planned. And uh, it was a few months in, and I was looking at what our projected run rate was going to be for BattleBox, and it was going to be eight figures if we kept the course and the growth that we were seeing, and no reason to believe we wouldn't. Um, and then I was looking at the size of the company I had just joined, and it was going to be about the same size by the end of the year, and I have some major equity in one, and I have promise of equity if there's an exit in the other, but if I left it's zero, so I said, "Okay, um, let's do this." So, spoke to them and spoke to the wife, and in April, twenty sixteen, so fourteen months after launch, I
0: jumped in full time. Um, and the growth that you were seeing then—that was back in the heyday of Meta ads. Was this mostly driven through through Facebook ads?
1: Yeah, um, naivety to to you know, we none of us had played in this world prior. We all had some experience that played to the success. But we had, none of us had direct experience in this. And uh, yeah, we, so we didn't know any better. We were, we were 99% of our traffic was Facebook ads. And we were, <laughs> Eric, we were acquiring customers for less than $5 each. Um, and and these are customers with an average order value over a hundred, um,
0: like. And an LTV or, or a, what's your, like the retention period is of months.
1: Yeah, yeah, typically around seven months. Um, you know we didn't know that then, but we still knew. I mean, five dollars is good. but if if I knew what I knew now, I would have maxed out every credit card I would have borrowed from anybody that would give me a dollar and put it all in
0: acquiring customers back then. We didn't know how good we had it. So one of the things I love about Battlebox versus any other subscription program I've seen is it's literally, it's like you canceling your subscription could be a matter of survival, you know, because it's not just like, you're not getting just more smoothies or more of one thing. You're literally getting these essential pieces that you need in your kit if you're going to be an outdoors person. And so there's a, it's probably a real completionist aspect to people who subscribe to, th- to this versus maybe other subscriptions. Sure.
1: But so at the same, that's very true. But at the same time, you look at that need want scale, and unfortunately, we're not as you know over on the need side as you know like some
0: kind of food, or or replenishable. Um, yeah, men can so, convince themselves of a lot that a lot of things in the outdoors world are necessary though. And it, and it
1: boils down to the number one reason of cancels is um, I'm having space issues. I have enough gear. And we've also done some testing, and that also is what's checked when a significant other says enough's enough.
0: This is why you um, need a battle box. I was saying in the pre interview, you gotta get the box that people can put all their stuff in, and then the wives will complain less. It's win win.
1: After this, we, we need to talk about that. So I sent it to the team, and we've had some conversations with them. So it's interesting. We did a giveaway for them.
0: Oh, with Rux? Uh, a few months back.
1: Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. So I, I've had the emails forwarded to me to try to figure out where it was left off. Might pick your brain a little bit on it.
0: Fantastic. Nice.
1: Um, Yeah. So we continued to go, go, go. Um, all Facebook. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. And um, the only thing we were doing besides Facebook, part of our go-to market strategy, we were sending these boxes out to YouTubers for reviews, for content. And uh, keep going. Everything's great loving it and uh, we're going in a Labor day weekend um, we have the most aggressive sale we've ever had we're gonna do 20% off your first box I love that that's aggressive uh, but at the time that was we weren't we, we don't we and we're still to this day we don't like to discount um, we we feel we don't need to because of the quality products but all these Facebook ads are ready to go it's like Friday five six o'clock. And we all get a notification on our phone that an ad has been declined or not approved. But all of our ads were already running. And another one, another one, another one. And we we jump in and look at it. And our Facebook ad account has been canceled, done, dead. You are booted. You are not allowed to advertise ever again. You're gone. Even back, more so now, but even back then, getting someone on the phone at Facebook, um... It's a little bit of a challenge, to say the least.
0: Live um, chat. I only. Ha- I've always had success getting someone on live chat, but it doesn't it doesn't often get anywhere.
1: Right. So it's such a such a challenge. Um, we can't get anybody. We're calling everybody we know, emailing everybody we know, trying to find some kind of in. At the time, we have battleboxforum dot com, which was a Reddit style bulletin board for for our customer base. It's been since we migrated over. It is a Facebook group now. But at the time so we post in there hey anybody have any ideas and the craziest thing one of our customers is a facebook employee and works a couple cube rows over from the manual team that that did it and uh we don't have this conversation find this out until like i think monday or tuesday so we've already lost out on on this big big sale we were gonna have but he's like yeah, i'll just go over there and ask him we're like oh, okay and, like, within a couple hours, we were back up and running.
0: You um, never hear stories like that. You yeah. never hear stories. First of all, I've never heard of someone's customer base being on the Facebook side of things. But them, them actually having that ability to go literally through the wall or whatever of, of that appeal process, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I just walked over to a, a fellow coworker and said, hey, this brand you, called Battlebox, it says that you you killed them. Like, they're not doing any They're following guidelines.
0: Um, what was the reason? What did they think was wrong?
1: So – not in advertisements not in the ads on the landing pages but the top tier um pro plus includes includes a knife knives are weapons um facebook is an interesting thing because we're not and we weren't selling that we were selling the 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 non knife products um but it's facebook's an interesting world right walmart and some large huge brands sell guns but they're not selling them in the ads It's in their catalog, but that's not what they're selling. So it's allowed, um, but it's allowed because they're also spending, you know, probably seven figures a month. So it's a weird.
0: Yeah, where you're not promoting the knife, but it is in your catalog.
1: Right. So it's it's the same same thing, but we're also not spending a million dollars a month. Um, And, you know, all of a sudden certain restrictions and doors and problems, I'm sure,
0: are alleviated when you're giving them that much money. I want to get into Facebook now versus then, but I'm I'm just also curious. Just from someone who had a subscription program, kind of work right out of the gate. What do you, you know, what do you attribute that to mainly? What factors to to having it work right out of the gate? Do you think you guys nailed?
1: Sure. So so with certainty, it was it, it was a product market fit. Um. So so when Daniel came up with the idea, it was because he saw his uh, at the time girlfriend opening up a birch box and like he saw this excitement and experience she was going through and he went online to find one because he wanted that experience and didn't see one and then saw the opportunity so with certainty product product market fit um the other piece is content and community we hadn't fully figured out the content piece at uh, the initial launch but we had figured out content indirectly via YouTube and random people talking about it. And it wasn't our content, but it was still a lot of content. We were sending from month one, 30 boxes out at least to YouTubers that would do reviews. The community piece we had from the jump. So we launched with this battle box forum where we were jumping in every day. We were having conversations with our customers. We were truly building this community. Of, of like-minded people that, that enjoy the great outdoors. And that is single-handedly, it, it's the content in the community. We got better with both,
0: but we had the community, very similar to what it is now, off the jump. How did your, your community change from into Facebook go? Because I've heard people go different ways from, from a private forum into Facebook and vice versa. Did you maintain the quality of the conversation moving to Facebook from your private forum?
1: Yeah, so the you're right. You hear it on both sides. I I spoke to a, a buddy literally last week that had just moved off from from Facebook to an to another platform that's more like what we just described. Um, I I enjoy it. I like it. It's it's easier to moderate. It's easier to make sure you're not missing things. Notifications. There was an app that was like a a third party app that we could use for a bulletin board called. Think tap something. Just it just wasn't the same. Um, the the features of Facebook are good since we have such a focus on video content now and and going live. Facebook offers that. Um, I I like it. the The process of because you can only be in the group if you're um, an active subscriber. So. The, the rules in place and the way we're managing it now is a lot easier to implement and execute with Facebook. So I'm, I'm a fan.
0: I'm curious too, just on the success of the subscription program, how much has gone into fine-tuning the order of the products and the, the products that people get? Because I imagine you you have a really str- – people. another reason for people bailing from the subscription program would be like, oh, I already have the one that I'd get this month or I don't really – I'm not interested in that one as much. Do you do a lot of testing with the actual products you're offering?
1: Yeah, so – so we do. From from what we did in that initial month or two to now, it's we built such 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 a process. Um, so like currently, what the process is is so we have several funnels of product potential product ideas. One funnel is our website. We have on our website you you want to be in Battlebox, and it's a vendor submission form. It, it, kick, it kicks them what, where they need to send samples to, and then that enters the funnel at that point once the samples arrive. We have, in the members only group, a uh, form that any members only, um, any customer, can fill out and give suggestions. And we'll have contests. Uh, I think we had a contest last month where we were giving like $500 worth of free gear that we just wanted to give away to whoever submitted the the most quantity, but it had to be quality, submissions of product ideas so that's another funnel we have an internal team so so all employees have a form where if they come across a good idea they can fill out the form and then when then we reach out and ask for samples and then we have a team that's job is sourcing so we get all of these funnels we get product samples samples go to four different places um at that point we have um a call so we have an internal team of nine individuals, varying ages, um, demographics, to make sure we're touching the entire base of what a typical BattleBox customer is. And we go through an item, and we talk to the benefits of it, and then we vote. Um, So nine people. If more
0: than one person says no, it's out interesting cuz you i see in the battle box you've got a defined number of products looks like 16 or 20 or so but i imagine you just continue finding new products all the time for people that stay on
1: yeah but it's tough so we um, so it's never a set amount of items with with certainty there's there's a range of what we try to do um but we've we've done where total um, in the biggest tier there were only six items because they were high priced items high quality items for each, it's, it's not easy. And so, you know, this, this month, we're sending out a, um, in the, I believe it's the pro tier. So that the second from the top, we're sending out a, a Zippo axe as, as the item. We actually sent that out previously. And it's one of the, you know, we don't do that very often, but we sent it out five years ago. So the, the argument is, you know, we still we still have a couple hundred customers that got it, that they now have two, but it's been five years. It's about the shelf life. If you're using an ax, you probably need a new one. Like if you're actually using it and if you've been around that long, you're using the gear. So at that point, like that was one of the ones we had to talk through and make sure that that was, that that made sense to do. But it, we came to the conclusion, it's something we can repeat every five years.
0: Right now, you're probably looking at conversions in Facebook or Google Ads thinking, why doesn't the data line up with my actual sales? Why doesn't more spending bring more customers? What ads are even working? With NorthBeam's first-party data and cutting-edge AI, you'll know what ads generated every dollar of revenue across all your channels, all in one platform. Frankly, the best marketers on earth use NorthBeam. It's one of our favorite tools and the industry leader in marketing attribution. Visit northbeam.io to see why and mention this podcast for a special deal only for D2C listeners. I wanted to chat about growth now versus how it was in those heydays of 2015, 2016. What does your growth look like, and what does your your growth strategy look like? I, I imagine it's a bit more diversified than hitting the scale button on on Facebook.
1: Yeah. So, what we got back on after we got lucky and had a Facebook customer that helped us um, at that point, we said, okay, having all these eggs in one basket is not smart. So, we instantly came up with a diversification idea. Oh. You can advertise on Google too. Probably should have known that. Um, so we started tra- testing other other platforms, seeing what works. Traditionally, we don't want any single lead source to be above uh, a sixth of our business sixteen you know sixteen point six repeating percent. And that's not to say like right now, Facebook. We have some campaigns going that are performing really really well. So it's a little bit lopsided. We just don't want it to be in for any s- serious long period of time. We when when that starts to occur, we have to find lead sources or figure out the ones we have and make them perform better. So that's that's a big thing. A lot's changed too in in the sense that we're Every year for the last couple of years, we've we've doubled down on content as being a big piece of the business. But back to the growth trajectory, so we were going really really well. We started to stall out in 2018 and 2019. We just were struggling to grow. We couldn't get as many customers as we were just naturally treading each month. So we were really just kind of, um, you know, not drowning, but not treading not, water yeah just treading water um and uh then 2020 came which spoiler alert uh survival gear delivered directly to your door in a pandemic is is a recipe for success and so was all of e-commerce in general right so so we saw this you know giant uplift um starting the beginning of of 2020 in, in march and it continued and um at the same point we were so focused on content we had our big our big first home run with content and that was a Netflix TV show so it was a Netflix original series called Southern Survival it's global any any country can search for battlebox or southern survival and it comes up and that aired in July July 4th weekend 2020 and that that was we thought we were seeing growth with the pandemic this was just um unfathomable growth you know as as an example leading up to it we had elevated traffic on our site because of the pandemic we're getting about 125 to 150 thousand unique visitors in a month in july when when that show premiered we had 1.2 million unique visitors which was truth be told they did not perform and behave like a regular customer that we were targeting precisely with ads they you know, bought a lot of one-time products. They didn't convert to the same percentage, about half of the usual conversion rate. But you do some quick math, it still was a major
0: uplift. And just for them to have to go to a different device and type in, type something in, right? It's not a direct action like on any other ads. You think of you, that many people took the action. So how many people just became more aware of your brand? And, you know, like it's crazy.
1: Right, Um yeah, so so that was a, a super game changer, and and how did it come about? How did it? How did
0: that? Like, how did that
1: manifest? So, so when we started off, so so Brandon Curran, um, if you've, if anybody listening to this has seen a Battlebox video, he is the bearded guy that is the face of Battlebox. He's in ninety, you know, five percent of our content. So, the story of Brandon is pretty cool. So, Brandon was a paying customer. He was paying a hundred at the time, one hundred and forty nine ninety nine a month. For the top tier, and we had, uh, you know, we're talking about 2015. So, and we didn't know, not knowing any better, we had a pre-purchase survey. Um, you know, don't buy yet, don't make the purchase first. Tell us how you how how you, you came to find us. Um, great for conversion rate, I'm sure. So we had this there, and it was the usual suspects: um, Facebook, Instagram, Google, etc. But we did have the little other button you could hit and type something in. And um, we started to get, like, 15, 20% of all of our peop- of our surveyors were saying other and typing in Curran1776. So we, like, we go to our spreadsheet of people we're sending comp boxes to, and he's not on there. We do a quick YouTube search, and we come across this guy, and we're like, where is he getting this box from? Do a little bit of recon, find out his name is Brandon Curran. We look him up in our customer database and he's a paying customer so we're like okay well we need to keep watching this and the next month it's the same thing but it's like a higher percentage, there's like 25 percent are saying this so we're like okay um we're gonna reach out to him hey brandon dude we love what you're doing um we're gonna comp your box from here on out box is free don't worry about it but in turn please keep doing these reviews um and of course, he he's, uh, he's, has passion. He loves this product. That's why he was buying it. $150 is a lot of money. And um, continues to do it. A few months go by. And, like, it's continuing. We're continuing to grow. And he's continuing to pull his lion's share. And uh, we reach out to him. We're like, hey, man, um, we want to give you $500 a month. But, like, you have to keep doing these videos every month. Like, we can't miss. But we'll give you $500 and a free box. He's like, yeah. So, so, brand at the time is a career professional hvac guy he's been doing it for 20 something years that's his career and um he had been on um some some hunting shows um before but his his passion his hobby was doing these reviews and doing other content in this youtube channel he was trying to grow it was it was a side hustle and um after the 500 hundred dollar conversation that went on for a few months the next conversation was this is kind of crazy but do you want to you know um, talk to your wife and your three kids and move from North Carolina down to, to Georgia and go full-time battle walks. Um, and we went back and forth, and he got to do what he loves every day, which is, which is pretty cool. And how he started just as a paying customer is, is phenomenal, too. So he came full-time. As soon as he came full-time, content, content, content. And... That that was that was the reason. So they reached out to us and said, um, you know, we're watching your videos. And this is shortly after we were just, he was full-time and we were just pushing out as much content as possible. And they said, we have some money uh, from History Channel to shoot a sizzle reel, which is the thing that comes before a pilot where you try to get the money then for the pilot to then get money for a season. And we want it, this is the idea, this is the concept. They came down for four or five days, shot it. Um, History Channel then sat on it for about six months, came back and told us, nah, I'm just not a fit, we don't want to do it. Um, so we we're super, super sad and like, you know, demoralized that, okay, maybe this isn't going to happen. And uh, High Noon Entertainment, they're the studio that um, that produced it for us. They uh, were like, well, we have, a, we have a meeting with Discovery next week ooh, sounds like this could be a show on Discovery. Discovery sits on it for like six or seven months and uh, finally come back and they say no. Okay, guess this is just not happening. And um, in early 2019, in January 2019, we had just in the previous month heard the no about Discovery. They're like, we have a meeting. We have two meetings set for January. One is with Walmart's streaming service, which I don't even know what it's called and I don't think anybody does. I don't remember but it doesn't sound like it was a hit. Um, and Netflix. And uh, we're excited about both. They have the meeting with Netflix, and they basically come back and they're like, Netflix, Netflix wants to do it. The, up until then, they were shopping this sizzle reel to get a money to shoot a pilot. Netflix doesn't play that game. Netflix is like, yeah, we'll do a season, and we re- want the right of first refusal on the next
0: seven that's how they made us first of all I didn't know Walmart had a streaming service uh, I didn't know yeah that. it was called Voodoo okay Voodoo I think interesting I don't know if it still exists it just the way Netflix came into the industry like a bull in a china shop right and that's a good example of how they do it they sort of skip on the formalities a little bit what What was it like like what what are you like working with Walmart like get like, what is it like working with a behemoth like Walmart like d- did you were you able to get good data on how many streams you were getting so on with Netflix with Netflix sorry yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, Netflix working with them is not enjoyable. So they viewed us as talent, and they didn't care that we were a business. They didn't care that we needed to forecast when how many how much product do we need. Like, what is this going to be shown to? Like, not fun to work with. In fact, um, so I wasn't on the TV show. Four of us were. Um, they would then they would send an email Netflix would to those four and uh and daniel was one of them and say hey we're gonna have a call friday at 12 o'clock daniel would reply back and like loop me in loop um richard our our cfo and patrick our coo and be like hey i'm i'm bringing in i'm copying in leadership so that they can attend too and netflix would reply back and remove us and say no it's not how this works like daniel would have to like have us like secretly like on like speakerphone Listening to the phone calls because they wouldn't talk to us, um, and they and they viewed us just as talent. That's just they don't they don't care
0: that we're a business. And how does it work with the obviously when you, it launches, you get the lion's share. But I imagine you're still getting trailing attention and trailing traffic from it.
1: Yeah, so it's it's still there, right? It's a Netflix original, so it's theirs. Um, so it's not going anywhere. Knock on wood, but it's still uh, it's funny the 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 rule of no um lead source being greater than 16% um or a sixth it is still every month about i'd say on a good month 16 on a bad month 12 between 12 and 16% of our new customers still
0: come from that did they take the second the second group of seven episodes Se- seven seasons um no seven seasons oh seven seasons yeah oh, like geez. they wanted to
1: if it was going to be a success they were going to have it for its entire lifespan, um, no. So they they never officially told us no. So Netflix cares about this metric called completion rate, which um, they view as it's defined as um, a user, and this is a metric for their original their content. Um, completion is watching ninety percent or greater of a first season or a season of a Netflix series. Um, we have eight episodes. So that would mean you would have to sh- obviously go somewhat into the eighth episode, which you're not going to watch the first seven, and start the eighth and not finish it, right? So it's basically watching the entire thing. So what they view as success um, is greater than 25% um, completion. So if 10 million people watch our show... 2.5 million need to watch the entire thing. If you're above 25%, green light, second season, rinse, repeat, keep doing it, right? If you're below 20%, it's, um, it's not a fit. They, they missed the mark somehow, right? It, they shouldn't have produced the content. Um, if you're between 20 and 25, you're kind of like in a, 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 a Netflix purgatory, if you will. Um, they haven't told us no, they haven't told us yes, They're just like keeping us around, maybe, you know, over there, um, not even acknowledging us. But if they need some outdoor content, you know, they're going to look at the people that are in that purgatory that check that box. And it's a lot easier to grab from there than Source New. Um, so we're in that weird stat, status where I don't think we'll have, I think there's a strong possibility we'll have another series. Um, I don't think it'll be with Netflix.
0: Interesting. Um, okay, so if I were to give you fifty thousand dollars to be used in your marketing for the growth of Battlebox, and you have to use it in Q one of two thousand and twenty three, how would you uh, how would you deploy those funds?
1: Building the community. So very non non traditional, right? I would do some sort of um, community activity, probably giving some of it away in prizes, um, maybe taking people to a location, a select amount of customers. Um, But all of this would be great for the community. It would also make great content.
0: Yeah, an outdoor festival, like a big camp. You just go rent out like a huge, like Yosemite or something.
1: Yeah, with some cool activities and some cool ways to, you know, connect and bond and build
0: camaraderie with each other. And half of it on the event, half of it on the content about the event that you can put throughout all your channels. Yeah. What channel are you most excited about in 2023? Um, so it's interesting. So in 2022,
1: we started off really bull on TikTok. And we still are. TikTok is, you know, it's, it's, I think, our largest channel at this point with like subscriber follower kind of thing. We have 800 and something thousand on there. Well, we What we realized in probably the middle part not even the middle part, early of last year when uh, Meta and Alphabet, Google and Facebook and Instagram all realized that, hey, TikTok's kind of eating our lunch a little bit. So they all put, you know, they all made changes to their algorithm where this short uh, vertical content is treated way better than it necessarily maybe would have been regularly. Um, And we saw that, we saw it and we still see it most with YouTube. YouTube shorts, YouTube treats that shorts content. It just, it's a, it's a, a shot of steroids uh, in the algorithm and it gets way more eyeballs than traditional long form does, right? I could post a horrible short form video and it could easily get a few hundred or even a thousand views while I could do an actual decent long form and if I don't have a reach already and a subscriber base, it might not get any views. So YouTube shorts, honestly. Um, I think they're building on it. I think they're they're getting better. Um I still think TikTok's algorithm from a consumer experience is still
0: there's no competition. It is the best algorithm that there is right now. I agree. Like it's, it's – I, I used to say this before and it's still true that like any other live video algorithm skirts along the surface. But TikTok goes to like all the things I'm interested in for better or for worse. It's it, it a lot so weirder fast. stuff. You know? And so yeah. fast. Exactly.
1: Like it knows so quickly of what to – like we could both open up our TikToks and compare them and they would be night and day different. And not that we're different, but just it knows exactly what I want to see and
0: exactly what you want to see. Whereas reels and shorts, it's still, yeah, it's a lot more general still. Like, well, I think gen- there'd be a yeah. lot more overlap in our feeds there. Right. Yeah, we would um, We would have overlap for sure. Super, super interesting. Are you noticing a, a, a relation between, this is something we've invested a lot in shorts and we're getting thousands of views on them versus hundreds on the YouTube podcast, but we haven't really been able to correlate shorts into longer form video views yet. Uh, it's, shorts are going up, but it doesn't necessarily mean that longer form video views are going up. It's kind of its own thing. It's its own thing. Um, there, there's, not, there's not much of a correlation.
1: We'll, we'll try. Um, so we, we'll do some testing where we'll put in the shorts, you know, a small little graphic, uh, uh, make sure to subscribe um, with, a, you know, a little animated piece. And, and we'll do that. Which, which does convert us more subscribers. Because a lot of people just, like, it's, it's crazy. Like 97% of our people watching and even higher sometimes aren't subscribers. So we're, we're trying to get it in the sense that we're trying to get them to subscribe so that they'll get the notifications of our longer form content
0: yeah makes sense nice John thanks for coming on the d to c podcast today I think we should we better stay in touch I want to see how uh, how you guys continue to grow with Battlebox we might be overlapping in Las Vegas in, uh, in March so it'd be fun to fun to see you and, and I'm gonna earn a, an invite to that Christmas party one of these years dude you're already invited come on Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumer.alloneword.co. all one word, dot co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C podcast. We'll see you next time.